Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life today. Now, this is the part of the program where we give our token banter. So, what do you guys got? Nothing is really I what I'm like got. I just like spring yeah. this on you guys yeah. at the last yeah. second. That's what I find real joy and delight. I in. think good radio is that awkward pause of Phil and I just looking at each other with these what dumbfounded. Is he doing? What, what is he doing? Why Where? did we put the kid in charge? <laughs> Where is this going? No. <laughs> well, um, that might be uh, some of the only laughter you hear today, because actually we are kind of getting to perhaps the you, you called it the saddest psalm in the Psalter, Russ which is Psalm 88. We've been going through the Psalms uh, here on the show, kind of giving you a bird's eye view of, of the Psalter. And, um, you know, the thing about this particular Psalm, Psalm 88, is there's no resolve in it. Like if you find other Psalms of lament, like Psalm 13, for instance, it says, um, O Lord, O Lord, my God, how long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my own soul? And it starts out very dark. But then by the time you get to the end of it, there's this resolve, there's this triumph of spirit where he's going to trust in the Lord as God. Right. It doesn't happen in this psalm. Right. And, and that's why, um, and even before we get into the de- details of the psalm, thank God for this psalm. Um, we, we, really like, we really like narratives, even if, they, even if a narrative gets dark, um, we are trained on and we really like narratives and stories that may go to a dark place, but then it ends in the sunshine and, and rainbows and everything gets tied up with a neat little bow. And much as we like that, every one of us knows that life isn't always like that. And there are moments for Psalm 88. Um, there, there are moments in life where, where nothing else fits, but this kind of prayer and uh, it's lament from beginning to end. And uh, thank God for this psalm. Because, you know, the psalms, as we've been saying all along in this series on the psalms, the, the psalms are inspired words from God that God has given us in order to, that we might pray them back to him. Yes. And uh, praise God that God in his tender mercy gave us this psalm for the dark moments in life when there's no other word that fits. But we, we need to go into the details of the psalm, and one of us probably needs to read it. I was just going to echo quickly what Phil said, and then we can read the psalm. Is um, I hope psalms like this do away with the happy-clappy approach to Christianity, the, the mm-hmm. Pollyanna um, approach to life. Um, that's not life not on this side of eternity. Um, this is a life that has difficulties and sorrows and heartaches and times of, of wrestling with 
hard questions and and being in times of 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 depression and angst and turmoil within and i think we have to allow for those experiences within the life of a, of a child of god now thank the lord we don't remain there um but those moments can be quite long for some people um mm-hmm. And there's some people, I mean, you look at the life of Spurgeon. Spurgeon struggled with depression for for really all of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think we just have to, to recognize that being a child of God does not spare us from um, the difficulties of life. And I, mm-hmm. I, I just hope that that alleviates some of, of the unnecessary um difficulty that this has caused some people because people are saying, well, if I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be feeling these things. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have these thoughts. I shouldn't. And I'm like, no, 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 that, that's part of, that can be very much part of, of your experience as a child of God. And not only your experience as a child of God, but connecting you to the sufferings of Christ as Paul talks about in mm-hmm. Philippians 3, which is so powerful. Amen. Well, let's read it. Oh, Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I'm, a, I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength, like one who's set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves, Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow every day. I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast away my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. It's an interesting psalm in that you have some of the the strongest language um, in the Psalter with regard to the heartache that the psalm is going through, especially in verses 3 through 9 soul full of troubles, draw near to Sheol, down in the pit, has no strength, among the dead, lie in the grave, remembers no more, cut off, depths of the pit, dark and deep. You overwhelm me with all your waves. My eyes grow dim due to sorrow. I mean, that's strong language. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is no small ordeal for the psalmist. But it's interesting that in the midst of this, he still remembers God. Um, He refers to him by his covenant name, Lord, and he speaks of covenant attributes. He's really praying covenant attributes in verse 11, is your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Those are the two hallmarks of the of the covenant, God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. And so even though you don't have resolution in the psalm, 
I mean, the psalm literally ends with the word darkness. Um, in the midst of it, the psalmist is still crying out to God, knowing who God is, depending upon God in his covenant um, attributes, even though at this moment they're not realized. Um, yeah, and, and notice also that the psalmist attributes all of his afflictions to God. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 6. You have put me in the depths of the pit. Mm-hmm. Verse 7. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. In other words, he's not saying, oh, you know, blind circumstance has ambushed me. Um, bad luck has struck my life and undone me. Um, it's not happenstance. He, in, in, there's an underlying theme throughout this psalm and through, through all of these cries of anguish, there's an underlying trust that God is in control that the Lord is, that the Lord is at work, but the Lord is at work in a dark way, yeah. uh, not an evil way. God doesn't do evil, and 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 the psalmist never says that. And the psalmist doesn't accuse God of evil. Yeah, um, it, it's really the truth of Isaiah fifty verse ten. I mean, I'm so thankful Phil's bringing this out. I mean, there's this interplay that he knows that God is in. In the not only in all of this, but is controlling all of this. But he's still crying out to God. Verse one: I cry out day and night before you. Um, verse thirteen: But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. So he knows that God is responsible for all of the negatives, but he's still coming to the, to God in prayer, which is the truth of Isaiah fifty verse ten. He says, "Let him who walks in darkness." That's Psalm eighty-eight. Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really a one-verse summation of Psalm 88. Yeah. You know, when you read the Gospels, you see all the afflictions and, and trials and troubles of Jesus. And, you know, for the imaginative reader, you got you to gotta ask the question, what is Jesus thinking and feeling in these moments? Well, Psalm 88 is the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt that this was written by a real human being who felt these things. But ultimately, this is the record of Christ's sufferings, his, this, the sufferings of his soul. And you can see it very prophetically. In verse 8, you have caused my companions to shun me. What happened when Jesus was arrested in Gethsemane? All of his friends left him at his moment of greatest need. In verse 18, it says, you have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. That's, that's prophetic of, of Judas betraying him to th- for 30 pieces of silver to the Sanhedrin. And so this isn't just a, a prophetic description of what happened to Christ, but it actually gives us a picture of his psyche mm-hmm. as he's suffering in mm-hmm. his humiliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for us, in our in our darkness, there's a model here of of prayer. Keep taking it to the Lord, and like so many other psalms, this psalm invites us, and and in fact makes the way, shows the way for us in in our dark moments, in our times of anguish, that I don't need to, and and, and in fact, in a way, it's unfaithful to put on an artificial. Uh, 
an artificial happiness with God, but in candor and honesty to bring my heart to God even when my heart is dark and to continue to trust in God and even to bring my darkness before God. It's not okay to complain against God, but it is okay to complain to God. Absolutely. Um, we sing this in, in the hymn Abide With Me. Um, yes. The darkness deepens. O Lord, with me abide. Help of the helpless. Um, o abide with me. I mean, it's that idea of it's okay to be real with God, to come and say, um, the darkness is is deepening in my life. Lord, I need you to abide. And that's really what the psalmist is, is saying here. Um, I'm in darkness, and I'm going to continue to cry. In essence, I'm going to continue to cry for light. Yeah, It's not here yet, but yeah. I know where light will come from. Um, the last psalm we looked at yesterday, we we looked at, at Psalm 84, and the psalmist, um, Josh was talking about this at the end of the, of the show, that you read the verse, verse 10, that says that God is a sun and a shield. Um, that's the only time in the entire Bible that God is called the sun. And that's really the prayer of Psalm 88, is saying, I need the sun to pierce the darkness of, of my heart right now and my life mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And he knows who the sun is. He knows the sun is, is God, that light comes from him. Yeah. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We are trekking through the Psalms. And as we said yesterday on the, sh- on the program, uh, Robert Godfrey, Dr. Robert Godfrey, who used to be the president at Westminster West in Escondido, California, he's going to be our speaker at our Reformation Boise Conference this year, 2020, November 13th through 14th. And he wrote a wonderful, very accessible little book on the Psalms called Learning to Love the Psalms. And I know that you picked some of those books up, Russ, for the conference table. Yep, I've got probably a good 10 or so in my office. But if you can't wait to get your sweaty little hands on it, then you can go to Amazon or Christian Book or, or Reformation Heritage Books. Probably is a, You'll probably get it cheapest there. So we encourage you to pick up that book, and we hope to see you next time. 